Hello, it's Christopher Pierce and Buddy Lloyd. Welcome to Death, Death Metal Dukes. I'm fucking ripped. I really fucked that up. Yeah, that's all right, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That pro shit. Welcome to part two of the Vine Torture Kill Killer Dennis Lynn Raider. We're going to be talking about how he got caught this week. We're going to go into his final murders and maybe touch upon some things that he had had planned for the future. First of all, let me just say it's an absolute pleasure to be sitting across from you again this week, Buddy Lloyd. Thank you, sir. I really enjoy the way you smell and look. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Death Metal Chris on Facebook, it would be terrific if you would give us a like at Death Metal Dicks. Also, please endorse our network, Professional Pirate Media. Just shoot them a like. Let's get those numbers up. You know what I'm saying? I got a lot of friends out there. Just touch the like button. It helps everybody out. You know what I mean? They have a couple of terrific podcasts on the same network. They've got Making a Mark, which is a wrestling podcast, which you know we used to love. And they've got the flagship podcast, which is what our producer, Mark, sits down with a guest and talks about things. Both very interesting. Both very fun. You can find them shits on the Professional Pirate Facebook page. All the links you need to fill your ears up with some good old Arkansas boys not being racist. Most of the time. Oh, every time. Oh, you gotta leave them in suspense, buddy. Oh, you're right. They got to pick it out. You know what I'm saying? Decide for yourself, audience. I'm not here to tell you how to feel about anything. Or think about anything. Don't think about shit. Unless it's a dog gulch. Oh, God. All right, man. So, you know, last week we talked about Dennis Rader's first killings. We said that he went dormant for a while, read you that letter that he wrote to police, because he he really, it's one of two things. One, he wanted to get caught. You remember he said in that letter that the only way that he or someone like him could stop is if they get locked away or they get killed. Mm-hmm. So he's either trying to get caught or he really wants attention. Now, Dennis Rader has been profiled a lot. He is... Uh, I listened to some interview that he was in with this doctor lady that wrote a book about serial killers, and she sat down with him because she thought he was an interesting narcissistic personality. She's done years of research on people with narcissism, and she says that out of every case she's ever heard of of the classic narcissist, Dennis Lynn Rader is the number one profile of a narcissist. Really? Yeah, because you know he that's we you know you wonder how he lived that normal life. You know, we talked about he had two kids, a wife. He fucking went to Cub Scouts. He, he was a trusted member of his church. He had a regular ass job. And meanwhile, he was just harboring all these crazy strangled foot tying fantasies and choking the shit out of women. He's like, kind of like uh, Richard Kleklinski. Mm hmm. Nice. Good reference, buddy. Yeah. Deep well of knowledge. Sometimes. <laughs> but he was able to do all this because he sees himself as his own god. Wait, I mean, not in the cool way like we do. He sees himself as like the only thing that matters in the universe. And you would think. If you said that about yourself, you would stop and think about it. But he doesn't have that stop where the filter that tells him, hey, that sounds absolutely ridiculous for you to say about yourself. He just knows that he's the king of his domain. And so he's able to maintain his marriage. He's able to maintain the facade with his children and have a regular life because his regular life 
is just him projecting himself into the reality he's living in based upon his selfish desire. So his number one goal is to strangle the shit out of women and be known for it. And if you were doing that and you felt like, oh, I've got this big secret I have to hide all the time, you would stumble up and get caught because you'd be nervous about your secret getting out, right? But because his brain is on this level of narcissism where he's the only thing he thinks about, he doesn't think about crime the same way me or you would. So he's not trying to so much hide it. He's hiding it because it would get in the way of him being the king of his domain. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, it's weird because he he wants credit for it, but he also doesn't like it. People say he wants he wanted to get caught, which I think is true, but also not true at the same time. Like he wanted to keep doing this shit for as long as possible. Yeah, and we'll touch on what he had planned for the future, but he he definitely wanted to keep killing people, but he also wanted credit for it. That's part of his narcissism is that he wants to be known as the most diabolical serial killer there's ever been. He doesn't want him to know it was Dennis Lynn Raider, but he wants to outdo like the Zodiac or somebody who killed people and got away with it. And then for years, people just go on and on about like a Jack the Ripper character, how they could never find out exactly who it was, but they committed all these heinous crimes and they baffled police and was one step ahead of everybody. Or he probably would have like confessed on his deathbed. That's a good narcissist move. Like, hey, I'm fucking dying, so let me tell you this. Or like set up a way for them to find a stash of shit and been like, God damn it, he was right under our nose the whole time. God. All right, so we'll jump into part two and the finale of the Asphyxiator, Dennis Raider. Um, my man Dennis is uh, I don't know. I, I had a whole front page. Uh, this is great podcasting. Swap around. So he's been dormant, right? He sent that letter to the police in uh, 1977. That's where he dropped off. He kept it all reeled in, and what we think that is because of is because he started that new job where he uh, was fucking with ADT, like got a promotion, he was doing pretty good. I think his wife got a better job, and he, um, you know, he used to drive her to and from work, but when she got a raise, they got a new car, and once they got the new car, she was driving herself. That gave him free time. Now, he says during this time, he did a lot of stalking and trying to find the perfect victim. But he was for sure dormant. I mean, he really kept it reeled in. This is a time when he um, became a council member on his church. He was elected vice president. And in his church, once you become elected vice president, the next financial year, you automatically become the president. So that was when he was ascending to the top of his church's interworkings. And he was doing Cub Scouts a lot with his kids. This is when he was like leading the troop and taking his kids out for camping trips and shit like that. So he was really stuck in his normal world. Now, again, he says, I mean, he was working jobs where he could be out on the prowl, like ADT. And this is before he switched over to the uh, census job, you know what I mean, and the complacency officer job. But he was just out all the time. So he had access to do it. So he probably did do it. But you're going to see a major shift in his crime because his next victim, Marine Hedge, is when he would rear his head again. Uh, remember, he sent that letter to K-A-K-E, The Cake, because the police didn't publish that shitty poem. And if you go back and listen to episode one, we stopped at murder number seven. Here's murder number eight. Now, Dennis Rader has taken his son and their whole troop on a Boy Scout camp nearer to Wichita. He tucks all the kids in the bed. Mm. 
and then he drives his car back to a bowling alley in Park City, Kansas, which is, of course, where he lives. Like, is he the only dude that's watching the kids? Nah, dude, it's like a like a big camp, like a get together, like oh, a shindig. Okay. So it's okay. like a lot of Boy Scout troops and troop leaders and old Dennis and his clan. They put him to bed. He sneaks off in the middle of the night, wearing his Boy Scout uniform, drives his car to the Park City bowling alley. When he gets to the bowling alley, he has already planned this whole thing out. He's got his hit kit in his car, and it's inside of a bowling bag. Pretty smart guy. Yeah. He goes and uh, changes clothes, goes into the bowling alley, sits down, and orders one beer. Sits there for a minute, takes the beer, swishes it around in his mouth, and spits it out, because we know this dork doesn't drink or party. Mm. And you always got to question people. I mean, usually the motive when you're an adult, if you don't drink or you don't party at all, is because you're in some type of recovery. You went too hard in your 20s. You know you can't manage yourself in a reasonable fashion, so you got to peel yourself away from the liquid fun. If someone just flat out doesn't drink because of other commitments, like a commitment to Jesus or mm-hmm. like a commitment to not having a good time, you got to start looking at them as a person. And that's where police should have clued in that they got a psychopath on their hands. Maybe he didn't want to get mixed up, like maybe watch Big Lebowski and was like, fuck, man, I want to get in the middle of this shit with a carpet and a goddamn beer drinking where I got to finish my beer. I'm not leaving until it's done. And then... You got some nihilists coming around, and then you get caught because you've just been fucking around doing some dumb shit, pissing on carpets, fucking having some dude finger your holes and whack you off all at once in the bathroom. Is that because I brought up a bowling alley? Yeah. <laughs> Great. There's a synopsis of The Big Lebowski by ours. Truly, buddy. <laughs> Watch that shit. It's good. I'm sure no one's ever seen The Big Lebowski. Actually, you know Sam Elliott, the fucking cowboy guy, never watched Big Lebowski? The fuck? I know, man. It's pretty it's the funny. Best movie to me. he's ever been on. No, 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 no. Roadhouse. No. <laughs> Roadhouse, dude. I know he's jacked off to Roadhouse. Oh yeah, yeah, dude. And what about fucking Tombstone? Tombstone's a hell of a movie. I've never seen it. <laughs> you dumbass. All right, man. Uh, so he goes. He gets the beer. He swishes around in his mouth. Calls a taxi. He wants to just smell like he's been drinking, you know what I'm saying? So he's in the taxi, and when the taxi gets there, he's fucking swaying around. He doesn't know what a real drunk looks like, but he's probably singing like uh, some shitty Frank Sinatra song. Like, hey, you with the big bush, cunt. (laughs) (laughs) Frank Sinatra never sang a song in his life. You ever notice that shit? Yeah, he seems more like a Bill Gaither type, though. He doesn't even fucking sing. Oh, you mean... uh... (laughs) He's a Bill Gaither dude. (laughs) He likes Bill Gaither. Yeah, Bill Gaither, for those who don't have Southern Baptist grandparents, is one of the biggest gospel musicians known to me. He is like a real Jesus-y Frank Sinatra. There's a dude that's He kind of talks and is like, and Lord Jesus. There's a dude that's in Bill Gaither's fucking singing group that looks like Samuel Elliott. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, dude. They got oh, yeah, hair. oh, yeah. He's the, he's the bass dude. He's like, Oh, man, so he's in the cab swaying around like he's drunk. And he tells the cab to take him to uh, Park City Park because he's drunk. He doesn't want to go home to his wife being all hammered, so he needs to walk it off and get a little bit of fresh air in the park. Smooth plan, I guess, especially since the park is adjacent to Marine Hedges' house. This is April 27th, 1985, which is seven years after he had written the letter to K-A-K-E, the cake. Uh, Big Lebowski wasn't out yet. 
<laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, you love that shit. All right, so he's in the park. Uh, the park connects to where her house is. He's, you know, Dennis Rader's move, as you know by now, is going into a house, hanging out until the time feels right to him, and then jumping out of the closet. When he gets there, he sees her car is there, and uh, what he tells, what he says in his confessional is, I see your car there, and I think, geez, she's here. Wow. <laughs> and then he says he snuck in like a cat burglar, you know? Like, no, you didn't sneak in like a cat burglar. You're like six foot five and 270 pounds, and your fucking dress shirt is tucked into your pants. He, he fucking snuck in like the head burglar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can't sneak anywhere if your shirt's tucked in. I wonder what kind of fucking footwear he was wearing at that point in time. Dude, either orthopedics or white New Balances, or better yet, white orthopedic New Balances. God, with the fucking, with the fucking <laughs> Velcro straps and yeah, shit. Yeah, and dude, he loved tying shit up. So, you know, he had that weird thing that goes above your knee and, like, uh, connects to your sock. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, back in the day when socks didn't have any fucking cotton. Well, fucking shoe suspenders. <laughs> yeah, well, there you I don't even know what that shit's for. It's just for people who like to tie people up. So, if you ever see your grandpa buckling into his socks, oh, it's just because fucked. tying shit up gives him a bone oh yeah so he creeps into her house and uh, he assumes she's there so he's being real quiet he lurks around and he figures out she's not there and then he goes into a back bedroom and decides all right well i'll fucking wait her out he waits around for about an hour she comes in he starts to jump out and then notices that she has a male companion with her now this lady was older he had already decided like okay i'm tired of fighting these motherfuckers they've always got dudes with them they always got kids with them. They're always quick to fight. They're crying. I'm sick of smoking cigarettes with them. I'm sick of giving them water and watching them throw up. I'm picking old ladies. Hell yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, her and the guy spend time together for about an hour, he says. Obviously, they didn't fuck. If you can't seal the deal with an old single woman, forget about it, pal. Maybe he couldn't get a boner. That does happen at Maybe he chatter fucking all her holds and just... Dude, you don't think that Raider would have just been there like, oh, yeah, oh, tie those feet up. Oh, she won't come unless you tie the feet up, feet. No, he probably closed his eyes and didn't do that because he didn't want to get caught. But he, <laughs> he, but he, just, he just closes his eyes. Don't want to get You can't see the whites. I got to close them up. <laughs> I don't want to see what's going on. I don't want to get caught. I know that old man's out there looking butthole and twice. <laughs> <laughs> and so Raider hides in the fucking uh, back bedroom. He leaves in an hour, and he ends up staying there for four more hours until what he calls the wee hours of the morning creeps around. <laughs> <laughs> wee. Woo, it's all wee in the morning. Oh, fuck. And I'm horning. So then he creeps out. He says he turns her bathroom light on because he doesn't want to wake her up. And as soon as she hits the light, she starts fucking screaming because here's big old Ophi Dennis Rader creeping around in his goddamn dad sneakers. And so she starts screaming. He jumps on the bed, grabs her by the throat, pushes her into the bed, and he ends up manually 
strangling her with his bare goddamn hands. I thought you were going to say he was going to feed her some fucking cheese tots, but whatever. <laughs> that would kick so much <laughs> ass, dude. I'm going to feed you cheese tots. And then he just leaves. <laughs> yeah. It's what like a cool guy. Oh, man, this is the best night of my life. Some old guy came over and ate my ass, and then this fucking dude popped out and fed me a handful of cheese tots. I'm really <laughs> having my luck with the gentleman this evening. Wearing a Sonic apron shit. <laughs> <laughs> Roller skates. <laughs> Car side. You don't have to tip. Oh my god. You ever tip the Sonic people? Um uh, I've been in the car when it happened. <laughs> <laughs> uh so he strangles her and uh she dies hand strangling, which is unusual because if you remember when he killed the Othero family, that's the method that he really wanted to use. And since he had to go whack a mole on all four of the family members, he kept strangling them and then they wake back up and he said that it was one of the hardest things ever. He'd been coming up with his little hit kits, and he had everything that he needed to tie him up and strangle him and shit. But he just went the old-fashioned way because she fucking freaked out, of course, when she saw a big old Dennis Raider lurching through the doorway. They probably wanted to feel her die. So check this shit out. Dennis Raider had been planning this murder for the whole seven years. He had gone out into the woods and dug out a fucking eight-foot-deep grave for her. All right? Mm. So what he does now is he takes the body... Starts tying it up the way he likes, fucking with the feet, covers it with the blanket, digs through her stuff for a while, puts the body in the car, drives the body first out where the grave is. Now, have you seen these pictures where he's got that creepy lady mask on? No. Oh my god. <laughs> he's fucking where he puts on his fucking nice little pantyhose, his fucking nice high heels, climbs into this fucking grave that he dug out and puts on this terrifying mask and just fucking crosses his legs and starts snapping little pictures of himself fucking the original selfies with the Polaroid camera in this goddamn grave that he's dug for this lady just fucking look at Dennis's legs they look so nice in this sheer complexion this reminds me of episode one Jerry Brudos yeah we did do Jerry Brudos but that's probably lost within the fucking ethers of of Facebook live or whatever nobody watched it at (laughs) there's a couple people yeah, no, I'm just fucking around. Uh, <laughs> he uh, he takes all these pictures of himself, and then he decides he's not getting as hard as he wants to. He's got to ramp it up. He doesn't want to just put her in the grave. Now he's into taking pictures. So he jumps back in the car, and he drives her body over to the fucking Christ Lutheran Church. To? Pull her out of the car, drag her inside, and start posing her in the church in various bondage poses, which is probably the coolest thing Dennis Raider ever did. That's pretty fucking metal, dude. Yeah, that's a pretty metal thing it Dennis Raider to do, especially seeing all the piss pussy things he's done thus far. If you're going to take a desecrated body to a church and start tying it up, I'm not going to be so mad at you for this one. Plus, it's an old lady. Yeah, yeah, the old AARP card doesn't really fucking register at this point in time in life. <laughs> <laughs> so he's doing this shit, he takes a look at his watch, and he's like, ah, oh, gee willikers, I gotta get back to my camp. <laughs> and fucking gee willikers. Just fucking starts <laughs> driving out to the camp, and he's got this fucking grave dug like 45 minutes away. And he's out of time, and he's panicking, so he just fucking drops the old body on the side of the road. <laughs> it's a ditch. Boom. Raidered. <laughs> what if he did that every time he killed someone? Fucking, you've been raided, or it's raider time. Damn. <laughs> yeah, that's what I would do. He's such a dork. He could have done so much cooler things. What a ballsy-ass thing to do, too. You just leave your fucking kids at 
fucking Boy Scout camp and they just, yeah. I why does it take me about five hours or however fucking long? Yeah, see, that's one thing about Boy Scouts is I bet that he regrets it now because somebody was probably fucking them kids. That's probably the best night of their life, though, because they weren't No, getting, it wasn't. Because they weren't getting fucked. Oh, he wasn't but, fucking any kids. Dude, come on. He definitely wasn't. He never even fucked a fucking dead body or nothing. Man, he was probably putting a dollop of daisy in some other fucker's baked potato. He sure wasn't. Somebody would have come forward. You don't think that that'd be the story of the fucking life? You would have had a Lifetime movie. You would have had a Reader's Digest novel. You would have been the fucking man. You know what I'm saying? He's still alive, man. That's the thing, though. What if he gets released? He gets released and comes back and finishes his job. No, he's in there for the 10 laps. No, it doesn't. What do you mean all Serial the time? Serial killers get out all the time, man. They do. And go back and finish what they started? That's why you can't write them letters from your home address. You Tell me one name. Box. Give me one name. Uh, Charles Manson's supposedly about to get out. He didn't even kill anybody. I know, but he's coming for hoes. Yeah, he's just going to fuck. <laughs> That's all he did. That's the only crime that Charles Manson committed was Charles Manson's not going to be fucking nobody. Let's be honest. He might... He's got that allure. You remember how... Oh, we'll talk about it in the Charles Manson episode. <laughs> I remember how that fucking young lady like wanted his fucking bones when he died, so she was trying to trick him into marrying her? Nope. <laughs> Perfect. Well, we'll talk about that in the Charles Manson episode sometime. Mm. So that was victim number eight. Victim number nine. He waits another year, and it's uh, September 16th, 1986. He hasn't corresponded with the media or anything. He shut the fuck up, trying to get on with life and plan another murder. He did say at this time he was really ramping up his stalking and he was just rummaging through people's houses that weren't even ADT customers. The lady that he just killed, he had uh, known her because she lived like two blocks away from him. And he said that he had seen would like often walk their dogs. Imagine that shit. Just Dennis Rader walking his fucking dogs around the neighborhood all fucking... What kind of dogs do you think he had? Yorkies? I don't know, man. He's I a really Yorkie. to find out. He, he's a Yeah, he's like a small dog guy. Or I could see him having like a uh, like a collie, like a lassie situation. Yeah. Some real goofy dog that you have to brush. He's a dog brusher. He likes a brush a dog. <laughs> <laughs> complicated. And then jack it off. Why are you so complicated? Because I jack off my dog until he's elated. I want to get you hard. I love to suck dog nards. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, now he's found another victim called Vicky Wurgle. Um, this fucking is one of his boldest crimes because he does it in the middle of the day. He's at work. He's like, well, guys, take him a lunch break. Gets into his car, puts on his hit clothes which is a telephone company uniform that he had fashioned himself, including a hard hat. So he pulls up to do work on the home phone with a jumpsuit and a fucking hard hat. So he just went to Walmart and bought some dickies and fucking... Yes. (laughs) (laughs) He knocks on the door and he says, he's from the telephone company, let me inside, I need to check out your line. I see there's some things going wrong. He had actually cut the phone line the night before. So the phone's not working. He gets in there. He starts fucking jiggling around with the receiver. He says that he used a make-believe tool to check the connection on the phone. And then when he bent over to pick the phone up again, plop, plow, he pulls out that big old 357 he likes to carry around. Shows it to her and forces her back into the bedroom. He should... Listen, I know the hit kit was probably like a plastic bag. 
bowling ball thing, whatever the fuck. He should have used a goddamn fanny pack. Oh, man. <laughs> that fucking... really fits his character, dude. <laughs> it does, man. <laughs> He's fucking wearing some tan-ass, stupid-ass fucking khakis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A big-ass leather belt with a big old belt buckle that says Texas on it. Yeah, for sure. And then fucking some shitty-ass white shoes with fucking suspenders. Yeah, suspender socks are a must. <laughs> suspender socks. because the socks don't have any elastic in them. Because he would get too hard by the socks squeezing on his calf all day. Yeah. He's he can't a, be around my kids with this boner like this. No, nah, man. <laughs> that's why I got a fanny pack to cover it. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good move. Yeah, dude. A saggy fanny pack. <laughs> you got a hole in it. Just pull the bone out. Pull, pull your dick in there. It's all sucked. You want to feel these fish eyes? <laughs> why are you so hard, Dad? I fucking tied my ankles up in elastic. Ugh. <laughs> it's terrible, dude. Real fucking scum. So he forces her into the back. She tells him, look, my husband's going to be home soon. And he gives her the whole, oh, I'm Dennis and I'm a fugitive with a sexual problem. She's like, ah, oh, Jesus Christ, just get it over with you, pussy. And he ties her up and then he fucking... Tells her that he's just going to be one second, and he tied her up with, like, he, apparently he took off the outfit that he had been wearing and, like, tied her up with that. And he did a shitty job with a knot for the first time. This is another thing about these later murders. He's, like, he's had way more time to plan it, but he just gets bolder and bolder. I mean, it's, like, noon right now. He doesn't have the usual ropes and handcuffs and shit that he's been tying people up with. He just fucking loosely ties his shit around, then he turns his back, and she gets loose, and they start fighting. And he says, she, he's like, I was surprised. Like, yeah, motherfucker, she doesn't want to die, you I dumb f- shit. That fits a narcissism thing, man. It's like, dude, what are they going to do? I'm fucking in control of everything. Yeah, for sure. But I'm, but he had, you know, he had at least carefully planned out some details of the other ones. He planned out where she lives and when no one was there but her and shit. But this dude's just going to the front door at noon. <laughs> you know what I mean? And now he's fucking fist fighting her. And he's like, yeah, it's fighting her and the dogs are in the background going berserk. Like, yeah, man, they definitely are. <laughs> because you're beating their goddamn mom up in the bathroom. I want to know, if I was to write a letter to Dennis Rader, what would you write Dennis Rader? What would I write to Dennis Rader? What would you write Dennis Rader? Dear Dennis, they put elastic in socks now. You're a pussy. P.S. It was pretty cool when you tied that old lady up in the church. But we got to get, we listen, I want to write him a letter. I'm going to open a P.O. box. I'm just going to write serial killers because I want to get him. And then, like, if people. He doesn't correspond. You know, he, you can write to. Uh, he will, but. Son of Sam will. Son of Sam will. Bergevitz writes back. Listen, but but if we have a podcast and we say, hey, we're doing a, we do a radio show and we've been, do, we've been talking about you. He will think it's like. Because, you know, he doesn't talk to people without press credentials. We don't have press credentials. Whatever the fuck. Dude, they have the fucking internet in prison. Do you understand that? He yeah. will just look up and see that we have, like, a hundred followers and be like, nah, dude. <laughs> fucking get They're a, not going to let him sit on Get a book deal, son. He gets ten minutes, probably. And then he probably like, these guys are pretty goddamn cool. I love fanny packs. That's a fair point. We should yeah. just send in the podcast and see what he thinks about it. We didn't have fucking fanny pack sponsorship. Maybe. He'd be mad that we were calling him a pussy, but he's got to think it's pretty true he's tough <laughs> yeah he's Dude, a real to fight he's, he's almost a, losing to this old lady right now <laughs> she fucking he's a real conan the barbarian puts hands <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. bone nun the barbarian <laughs> she fucking puts hands on him and almost gets free 
And his move is he starts smacking her, gets on top of her, and he pulls these pantyhose off of her dresser, which were an unfortunate place to have pantyhose with Dennis Rader in the house within arm's reach, because as soon as he grabs him, he turns into the Garot Phantom and starts strangling her with those fucking things. And then she doesn't quite die the first time. She's all jiggling around and shit, so he goes for it again. And then he says he doesn't sure if she was dead, but the dogs are, quote, raising Kane in the backyard. And so he went back there and jacked them off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, man, you're going to jack them dogs off. That's yeah. how you keep the cover you low. You gain the trust if they bust. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you got to show that pup you love him. <laughs> Rub his belly. There's <laughs> <laughs> the one reason he's presenting it. You make a dog bust a loader on his own chest. Yeah, it's a good day for that dog. You know, dogs have so much cum in there too. Yeah, dude, they they love to lick anything smelly and weird. Old Roy, sex toy. <laughs> <laughs> this has really gone off the rails for a BTK podcast. Mm. We were pretty serious. Like, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Eating dog ass. All right. <laughs> so he, he did inject the dogs off, and they're going crazy. He knows he's limited on time because it's noon. The dogs are barking. She said her husband was going to be home soon, so he freaks out, and he fucking pulls out his camera. Her body's still twitching around, and he starts taking Polaroids. Then he jerks off, and then he thinks that she's probably dead because she's doing, like, the death rattle wheeze thing, and he leaves. And then he found out later... So this whole time, he's like, well, I wonder if I killed her. If I didn't, what happened? He finds out, like, three days later through the news, a reported, like, oh, but another killing. She died in the ambulance on the way to the hospital. So this fuck took pictures of her dying, jacked off on that. At least it's not the last thing she saw before she died. Yeah, the last thing was the paramedics, but it's pretty close. Just imagine being that paramedic, too, like, all right, we gotta do chest to chest, but fuck, there's a lot of cum right here. Ugh. <laughs> if you want to resuscitate, <laughs> resuscitate her, that probably is what finished it off. Like, you have those valuable seconds and there's just a giant glob of raider goo. You don't want to put your hands in that. You gotta, like, pull the shirt off and fucking clean the area a little bit. I don't know, man. Those, those people are special types of people that fluids don't bug them. They don't bug them. Imagine people... Just- EMTs? No, man, dude, people barf in your fucking face, all kinds of shit. You're trying to resuscitate them and all that, man. You, it takes a special type of gross to do that job. Goop. Goop. <laughs> Poop. <laughs> <laughs> Bung lung and bugging. Oh, uh, shit, man. And then, um, you know, that sends Raider into another fucking five years of nothing. Wow. I don't get him, man. He's a tough one to figure out. I mean, it's the narcissism thing, and he takes a long time to plan. But I hate how when he takes a long time to plan, and then he doesn't really do a thorough-ass crime. That's why he's got those pictures, though, dude, that ties him over. He's probably jerking yeah. those pictures, man. He just busts them out. He's got some kind of fucking deer stand in the woods where he's fucking... No, he's got a treehouse. T- <laughs> he's got a treehouse? He's got a treehouse. Tree so his kid's fucking treehouse has got, like, a secret compartment in it where he keeps his stash. He said Indian style, jerking it. Oh, definitely Indian style. Crisscross applesauce, looking at pictures and necklaces and shit. Because he's kept trinkets from everything. Like, every person that he kills, he's always rifling around and taking their shit. So, like, the Othero family, he took that watch and a necklace. And then he just picks up, he likes jewelry, like, real, like, personalized, sentimental-looking jewelry. That's his shit. Because that way, 
you know, if he ever, if he wants to like send a letter and turn something over, that anyone that knew them would know, like, oh shit, yeah, that's he's there. like a fucking X-rated Gunther. I don't know who Gunther is. You ain't never seen the movie Gunther? No. It's about an old boy that throws papers, but he knows where everything is in the neighborhood. He's got a treehouse. He defends his treehouse with fucking paintball balloons and all kinds of shit. <laughs> yeah. Keeps people away from it because he's got a secret compartment in his treehouse. What year is this made? Dude, it's, I think it's a Disney movie, maybe. Like, one of those, like, on like on TV fucking things. Like Brink? Yeah, but this is better than Brink. No, it's not. It is, dude. Nothing's better than Brink. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Brink's some shit. Skates! Rollerblades! Sexual tension. Break. Fruit boots. Yeah, he's sitting up there crisscross applesauce jerking off to all his paraphernalia. You're right. I fucking blame that fucking movie on soaps. You think so? I think so, dude. Soaps happened after that movie. If you don't know what soaps are, it's the shoe that you could grind with. Hell yeah. That's like the laziest way to do extreme sports of all time. Like, dude, I remember I'm gonna walk up to this motherfucker and put my feet on it and slide down. Dude, I remember in sixth grade, my friend was able to finger many of girls because he had soaps and Heelys. He had Heelys Are you and serious? Soaps. Dude, he fingered so many girls in the lunchroom. It was so stupid, man. <laughs> he fingered a girl in the lunchroom? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> fucking finger blaster right in front of me. That's the first time I ever came without touching myself. You watched him and you jerked? Hell yeah. <laughs> Eat a fucking... You got deep layers to you, buddy. Dude, I had some nachos with jalapenos on. I remember the meal, too, man. I had some crotchos that <laughs> he day. He turned most of the crotchos. <laughs> Think about how scared Dennis Rader would be to soap down a rail. He would just be like, oh gosh, oh jeez, oh man, oh my. He'd put one foot on and then do like that dance around thing when he tried to stay on the back of a skateboard, but it's all loose. You feel how like... Fast it'll go for the first time and just fucking jump off and he all just, wobbly. He would just fucking fire up some journey and strap up his fucking socks. Standing <laughs> on the razor's edge, you know my socks ain't got no elastic. I don't live it. <laughs> New balance and soaps, dude. What the fuck's up, man? <laughs> Let's send him some of those in prison. That's how I want his trust. Show them you're still extreme. Oh, God. Make that dog cream. A CCS magazine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Let's listen to Dennis Rader's CCS magazine. <laughs> Let's turn Dennis Rader on the world industries. <laughs> That's what he likes, too, dude. Uh, like, oh, yeah. yeah. Look at this flame. Now, he likes a hookup deck, dude. Oh, yeah. Look at hookups. A bondage anime, girl. God. Woo. <laughs> Uh, let's get to his last murder here, Dolores Davis. She was the oldest lady that he killed. I think she was in like her late sixties. He uh, waited until January eighteenth, nineteen ninety one. Which, if you've ever been to Kansas, you know the winds are blowing and it's cold as fuck. It's just a open plain with wind blowing everywhere. That's a squeaky fucking fog, Shit, man. So like I need to take a breath. Yeah. You sitting on yeah. it. <laughs> I fucking punished this chair uh, here in the professional pirate media studios. Uh, Dolores Davis was in her sixties. Dennis Rader comes to her house. He's got this whole fucking plan worked out, and then he is kind of like creeping around. It's and he's like, "Well, I was gonna break in 
and shimmy through like a cat burglar again, but God, it was cold. So he just picks up a fucking cinder block and smashes the back porch door. <laughs> oh, Hell yeah. God. <laughs> Pow! God. That fucking old ass lady didn't even notice that shit, probably. She's probably blasting Jeopardy, like, hey. ah! <laughs> I'm just near guessing, goddammit. <laughs> Dude, what if he just walked in and she was fucking blasting herself and it's reader time? Just fucking <laughs> flicking her goddamn bean. Woo, Come on cool. in, Todd. He'd probably leave, dude. Oh, right. you, oh you like this? Fuck. No, no, he probably, like, he probably investigated enough to figure it out. If, you, if, if this old lady was a squirter, he's wearing a raincoat, for one. <laughs> wearing a fucking raincoat. Got some rain boots. Probably spray painted on white to resemble the new balances. Fucking comes in. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, hey, go ahead and spray me down. I'm ready. <laughs> And does it, and then strangles her, and then goes, whoo, that was a fast one. All right. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, she's fucking old, so she doesn't really put up much of a fight, because he's tired of getting beat up by women. He handcuffs her, and she's freaking out, and he hits her with the old, I'm a felon. I'm traveling from California, and God, it's cold outside. Slits her throat with peanut brittle. Oh, you fucking want to eat this candy kitchen ass fucking on my dentist right now. Hey, that shit, that shit is sharp. If you break it, it's sharp. Dude. <laughs> yeah, right, man. You can definitely do some crimes. Yeah, you know, was, I'm going to get a special pocket knife with the seatbelt cutter. Fuck that, dude. Get some peanut brittle. Break it. <laughs> you, know, yeah, yeah. you can break out of the window and cut the seatbelt. Yeah, yeah. It's a lifesaver. Thanks, Juanitas. Right, it's on the roof. Oh, I gotta scrape it real quick with my tongue. Let's cut it down. You like a guy, your window's all iced over. You just use peanut brittle and scrape it off. <laughs> uh, <crap>. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so he fucking takes this old lady, handcuffs her up. She's in it. This is one of the funniest things that he says in these interviews. He's always like, she got very upset. Like, I mean, have you fucking seen you? <laughs> like, you yeah. are bald. You got, you look like. You fucking are a retired cop, and now you're tying people up. It's unsettling, to say the least. So he calms her down. He's like, we talked for a while. I told her that I'm a fugitive on the run. I just need to warm up, and I've got a sexual problem. He's warming up, dude. Oh, yeah, he's getting that bone going. And then he fucking starts bondaging her up, and then, of course, he fucking produces some pantyhose, gets behind her, and pulls them until this poor old lady dies. This is just straight fucking hijinks at this point. Cue the fucking Benny Hinn music. (laughs) He takes her body, loads it up in the car, looks at his watch again because he's coming out of his sexual fantasy, and says, oh shit, I got something to fucking do, let's make this snappy. He gets in his car. He's driving it, and he's like, all right, so what am I going to do? Am I going to pull up here with the body, or am I going to hide this body and then go to what I got to do? So I'm going to hide the fucking body. So he pulls over, and he's under this bridge, and he starts to pull the body out. And then this fucking sheet of overwhelming panic and worry comes over him as he realizes he's lost one of his goddamn guns. Oh. What a boner. (laughs) You've only got so many things in your possession right now. None of which is probably more important than the one thing that is registered to your stupid fucking name besides your ID that might be in your pocket is your goddamn gun. And he's freaking out like, where did it go? What did I do? What did I do? Where did it go? I blew it. I fucked up. Oh shit. So he fucking has to drop this body, go to where he's supposed to meet his family at because if he doesn't show up where he's supposed to meet his family, then they're going to get worried about him and something's going to start asking questions. So he goes and fucking 
meets his family at some weird thing and is busting a door and is like, it's Raider time. And then CC's Pizza. <laughs> yeah, probably is CC's Pizza. Let's I love their new, this buffet up. They got a bacon cheese stuff crust. Let's do this shit. Oh, God, can you bring out that macaroni pizza? It really ties my stomach in knots. You could have did, you know, you could have really beaten the fucking paranoia by having a fanny pack. You yeah. shoot, you put back in the fanny pack. We would have really changed Raider's life. Yeah, man. Just one thing. That's probably some shit he didn't even things. think of. Well, well see, but this one. Uh, the only thing the fanny that, pack is monumental. The fanny pack is what is the end all be all to serial killing. Don't do this shit. I don't want you guys killing nobody. But you also need to have under your fucking arm. You need to have the single. What's new, pussycat? So you can turn it up real loud. Nobody can hear nobody screaming, and it's getting you hot. <laughs> yeah, people love Tom Jones. A fucking big ass fucking plastic container full of peanut brittle. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. You can number one murder weapon. You can. Are fucking, you really gonna double down on peanut brittle right now? Yeah, man. You're gonna, right. you're, gonna slit the, you're gonna slit the throat. You're gonna have a snack. Yeah. You, Blood you, peanut brittle. If you're fucking carbed up, mm-hmm. you're fucking good, man. Yeah. You're fucking good. You're gonna you're gonna finish whatever fucking athletic feats you've got uh, stored ahead of time. Whatever the fuck, I'm fucking hammered. Don't even worry about this shit. Who? <laughs> <laughs> this is a great podcast, buddy. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Any fucking way, he uh, meets up with his family to prove everything's cool. So now he's got this body hidden in fairly plain sight. He doesn't know where his gun is, so he's totally panicking on the inside. But on the outside, it's old fucking Dingy Dennis worried about his socks falling down at the CC's Pizza. Getting full of food and then going back out to figure out what he's going to do next. So what he fucking thinks is a smooth idea is to go pick the goddamn body up, put it in his car... Drive the car and retrace his steps so he goes back to her house and starts creeping around again. And it's fucking daytime right now. And he's looking around and oh, whoa, dropped the fucking pistol right on the back porch when I was busting the window out with a goddamn cinder block in the middle of daytime in Kansas. Nobody still. Did anybody catch it? No, you know they didn't catch him. Nothing ever happens. No. In Kansas. I guess not. Except for this. What are the fucking neighbors doing? Just, (laughs) They bust out their hymnals and like, let me check. What's going on over there? Is that old Dennis from church? No, okay. (laughs) No problem. They all went to the same church. Yeah. Everybody in that whole goddamn town went to the same church. Oh, for sure. Where he had been rubbing dead pussy all over the hymnals. Yeah. That's what I would have done. I mean, I would have never been around dead pussy, but if you did... Bring it into the church, and you really wanted to get the entire congregation. If you just took like every hymnal and fucking, <laughs> they would just be. Why the fuck do these smell like mothballs? Oh <laughs> God, it's all brittly in here now. <laughs> all right, those old fucking uh, cinnamon candy sitting on the old coffee table. That's so yeah. With the fucking car full of body, he re picks up his gun and is like, "Whoop, glad that's all fucking over with." And then uh, drives back to a different bridge and dumps her body under the bridge. She's found the very next fucking day, but once again, the hot dog squad can't figure shit out. And he's off free for forever. Now, if he would have stopped there, if that would have been it, honestly, he probably could have even killed more. If he would have just shut the fuck up, if he would have never said anything to anybody, like anonymously or not, he probably would have gotten away with this shit smooth because they're a bunch of bumbling dick wingers. Dick wingers. Could have checked the fucking fingerprints on the Worthen's originals in the fucking living room. Yeah, and listen to this shit. I'm talking about 
this lasts until 2004. He's sending in shit the entire time. He's trying to be the Zodiac. He sends him, like, shitty codes. What's hilarious is that he sends him in all these coded letters, and, like, they can't figure out the first one, so every other one he sends in, they're just like, fuck it. <laughs> and they don't even try. They just let him pile up. They're like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> they don't even fucking mess with him. So he's got this, like, entire database, like a file full of fucking BTK shit that he sent in, and the entire fucking police department, newspaper, TV station are just like, <laughs> let's uh, let him write it out. Who cares? Let's not give him any attention. That's what he likes. Let's just let these fucking things sit there. Which probably makes him fucking pissed. Oh, yeah, for sure. He's fucking raging. He keeps sending shit in. He's like, for fuck's sake, when's this shit going to breach? Because I'm out here on the loose. No one's ever figured it out. You got to get this fucking story out. And that all changes in 2004 when the old Wichita Eagle runs a story about the 30th anniversary of the Otero deaths. 30 years. 30 fucking years since he killed that first family. That's like older than the anniversary of Kill Em All at that point. He's the fucking Cal Ripken of not getting caught at murders. Wow. He had a streak. But he gets all fucking revved up because in the 30th anniversary article, they're talking to this author who's writing a book about Dennis Rader, and he loses his fucking mind because if he's going to be in, like, some of the shit he says, he's like, this is probably what's going through his brain. Ain't always reading this shit and just fucking tingling behind the ears like, I know what I was doing then. I was adjusting my socks. I was tying my new balance. I was eating peanut brittle. Everything's fucking churning through his stupid brain and he gets full fucking revved up. He starts trying to correspond with the people that helped him out the first time. K-A-K-E. The cake. Mmm. <laughs> Cake makes me so horny. Yeah, dude, so I haven't funny. eaten carbs in so long. Dude. Dude, just... he, listen, this boy is fucking writing up the cake. He's putting frosting on his victims. Yeah. We have a, a real problem going on in Kansas. <laughs> yeah, if you guys are going to be a serial killer, please be the cake serial killer. Just turn your victims into beautiful cakes. You're getting away with murder if you're cutting people with peanut brittle, dude, because you're eating it. Yeah, They're not yeah. going to find a murder weapon. Fuck it, dude. Yeah, you're eating the peanut brittle. Yeah, if you eat bloody peanut brittle, that's, that's tough. I bet Richard Chase would like that a lot. Oh, I can't wait till we get to that motherfucker, man. That's a fun one. I guess. <laughs> I mean, depends on your mind frame. You're a piece of shit. I'm a piece of shit. We like that guy. Yeah, that's true, for sure. You're tuned in to hear us be pieces of shit. The one person that's watching our YouTube stream. But the millions and millions listening to this podcast. I just imagine that people are going to discover this podcast in like a year and go back to the start. Yeah. And then uh, they're going to get real horny for some peanut brittle driving their car, like, right now. We're like the pentagram of fucking podcasting. I, yeah, I don't want to go that far, because then it's going to take some <laughs> fucking weird girl who's been reading Pitchfork for 18 years to get all <laughs> wetted up and get into a stupid relationship with us. <laughs> I'm going to date this old meth head, because it looks cool. Oh, yeah. When I'm 60, fucking uh, We're referencing meth. the documentary Last Days Here. If you've never seen that, I highly recommend you it's give it a watch. It's fucking phenomenal. It's Incredible. Nothing I like more than watching an old man's life fall to an irreparable state that's already been in an irreparable state. Somehow he gets a new level of terrible thing in his life just because some fucking hipster girl sees this guy and is like, oh man, pentagram is so cool. (laughs) She's good looking, man. He goes from fucking picking imaginary fucking bugs out of his skin to boning. And, and so, picking imaginary bugs out of his skin. Yeah, he's like, he's like fucking, our missionary position? I'm going to pick these bugs out of my ass. <laughs> Thanks, Pitchfork. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, man. We just got off track big time again. Fuck it. Yeah, anyway. So what happens is that he reads a story. He gets fucking enraged. And he starts leaving all these clues and shit. He uh, writes to me what is the funniest thing in this whole shenanigans. This letter to the... Uh, he finally gets a hold of somebody at the uh, TV station because he's not writing in code anymore. I'm sorry, the uh, Wichita Eagle, the newspaper. Because remember, the newspaper wouldn't publish his story in the first place. And that's what pissed him off. And he went to K-A-K-E, the cake. And he gets all angry. Um, and he gets a hold of this guy at the newspaper who finally is going back and forth with him. And he sends him a little memo. And it's like, hey, will you make sure this gets to the police? And the guy's like, yeah, I'll definitely do it. I'll publish it and make sure the police get to read it. And he sends this little note in that's like, uh, let me ask you something. Be honest. If I send you a floppy disk, can you trace me? <laughs> and the guy's like, mm-mm. What a dumb fucking turd. What a dumb fucking turd, man. A dumb fucking turd. <laughs> He's just an old man. He doesn't understand how technology works. Ooh, what a convenient place to store files. I bet no one will ever know what I'm up to. I mean, my grandparents even took fucking classes at the library to learn how to fucking use a computer. Yeah, well, not Dennis Rader. Fuck that guy. Anyway, so this fucking ding-dong is really trying to prove that he's still out there, and he doesn't want this guy to write the book, so he makes this package and leaves some clues on how to find it in the park. Ooh, what a mystery. And he's got in the package a fucking floppy disk, that's just a little testerino with some shit on it. He's got a gold chain from the Othero family murder. He's got five shit-ass poems that he wrote to the fucking everybody. And I hate, I fucking hate poetry, man. Dude, he's a fucking, where in the world is Carmen Sandiego type of motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll never figure me out. <laughs> <dumb> shit. <clears throat> yeah, man. He did, I mean, and it's the worst, dude. You want to hear one of these fucking poems? Yeah, let's listen to it. I'm ready. All right, here comes the poem from Dennis Rader called Peas in the Pod. This was on one of the index cards found in the package. The green color pods at first were long and hollow. They had grown from Mother Earth, anti-society, into a wild vine. The vine with pods, long and curling upward, had many follows. How each pod has a unique pea. That together walks a fine line. <sighs> Makes you think. He's probably doing acid. <laughs> oh, fuck no. That would be so cool. <laughs> he never did anything cool. That's the problem with him. You want to hear another one? Yeah, let's, let's do it. This All one is called Tis Spring Out There. Oh, to walk among the new season. To herd a robin voice. To see a dandelion bright. To watch a butterfly flight. To smell a simple flower bud. Oh, spring, these are the many reasons. I'm telling you, this is what he sent into the goddamn newspaper. Okay, I figured out a troll. We just sent him a poem? We just say, hey, I'm going to publish a bunch of fucking poems. He's already had these published. We just read them. I know that. But, dude, if we have some, say, hey, you're my favorite poet. I need some more poems. Yeah, that'd probably make him horny. Yeah. Because he's nobody's favorite poet. He's never heard that before. We got to get that, dude. We got to do that. (laughs) He would have talked to him so bad. 
And then also, you know, he's got the uh, he's got some Polaroid pictures that he's snapped. He's got the one of himself in the lady mask, which is super funny because it's like, all right, well, this guy's like six feet four. <laughs> like that's one step of the puzzle. Step two, they take the floppy disk, put it in a computer like anyone else would, and they look at the fucking like home base of the disk, and there's all these folders, and one of the folders is Christ Lutheran Church. And they click on Christ Lutheran Church, and it says, Last Modified by Dennis. Wow. Great fucking work, you ding ding. You fucking wrote a letter to a newspaper and said, Hey, can I send you a floppy disk without being caught? Be honest. And they fucking lied to you, a man who's killed ten people. Hey, that's like the time I stuck in a rodeo burger to a movie theater. Smells like a rodeo burger is a rodeo burger. <laughs> Got busted, had to throw it away. <laughs> if it walks like a rodeo burger, it smells like a rodeo burger. It's a burger. rodeo burger. It's a rodeo burger. My grandma said, hey, just go ahead and sneak this in your back pocket. <laughs> oh, thanks, Nana. Yeah. You got busted. That's that a Jinko, so you couldn't really see the burger. So, whatever. <laughs> oh, man. So, in addition to those shitty poems, now, if you're the police and you read those poems, you've got to be super pissed and finally motivated to catch this goddamn killer. That's what would have pushed me over the edge if I had been part of a 30-year investigation and never caught this guy, and now he's writing me some shit-ass poem about anti-society beans. I hate him. I hate him, too. In the, in memory of this piece of shit, whenever he fucking dies, I'm going to chug the rest of this whiskey bottle. Yeah, buddy's basically drank a fifth of ancient age. No, a 750 of ancient age. Gross. And Dennis Rader... Um, they find his name Dennis, they call the church, they basically know it's him, but you know how, like, the hot dog squad sucks ass, they can't have enough evidence, with that alone is not enough to pull him in, because there's nothing on his criminal record, he's an upstanding member of the community, so here's what they do, his daughter, they go to her gynecologist, and subpoena a fucking pap smear that she just had done. So they went to Dennis Rader himself. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Pappy Pap Smear, let me have that pap you just papped. Well, they're trying to fucking make hot dogs in Kansas popular like they're fucking yeah, shitty barbecue. I don't know barbecue. what to do with it. It's, it's absurd. So anyway, he fucking, they subpoenaed the pap smear, and they've probably got 165 ounces of Dennis Rader's goop that they've cleaned up over the years to in compare his, it to. In his fucking daughter's twat? No, dude. They went to the fucking crime scenes and scraped up the goo. There's a lot of scrapes. Scraping up goo. You gotta scrape. That's what you gotta do to get that goo. Scrape, scrape, scrape. And it in the poo. (laughs) Within that goo is Raider's DNA, which matched up with his daughter's DNA. And then they gave his daughter a DNA test to make sure it was his daughter. And lo and behold, they've got their man. So Dennis Raider's driving home from work the next day. And this is in 2005. Finally... They've got the guy, he's got 13 police cars in this small Kansas town following him. And they pull him over and he's like, gee, what's the problem, officer? <laughs> they pull him out of the car, set him in the squad car, take him into the station. Once they get to the station, at first Dennis is being super combative. They're asking him, uh, hey, like, what do you know about this fucking crime? And he's like, oh, I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm an upstanding church man. And then the guy's like, all right, cut the shit. We've got your goo and your kid's goo, and we've got this disc. So you better come clean, fucker. And he's like, all right, let me tell you this first. I love police. 
And then he works with the police. Of course, man. And that's what it gets like. He confesses the entire thing over 30 hours in an interrogation room. And he gives them every single fucking detail. All because of the camaraderie with police. But he's just hung up on this fucking main detective that he was corresponding through with a newspaper lied to him. He just can't get past it. He's like, you know what I mean? I sent the floppy disk in. And I asked, could I get caught for sending in the disk? And you were like, no. And I was like, all right, I trust this guy. I'm sending the disk. It's a cop. And then you fucking lied to me. And the guy's like, yeah, because I'm trying to catch someone who's killing people actively. And he's like, yeah, but you lied to me. How cool would it be if you got the floppy disk that was glow in the dark and you used his daughter's goo to slap it on your ceiling as one of those fucking space stars that you go and you get a <laughs> yeah, the fucking glow in the dark stars. stars. Yeah, man. You finger girls in. And you college. fucking tie it on your ceiling fan, turn it on high, and see if it launches across the room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody's done that. Yeah. Everybody's fucking done yeah, that. Yeah, totally. Everybody's <laughs> got some fucking girl goo and hung some shit up with it for sure. I got some girl goo in my fucking ear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's how he got caught. Uh, I highly recommend if you're interested in the macabre like us that you watch his confessions in court because it's just him having a direct conversation with the judge and he's just cool and calm about it. You've never seen anything like it. I mean, every other serial killer. My favorite trial to watch is Richard Ramirez's, for sure. Oh, he's so wild, Let me tell you this. When Richard Ramirez gives that fucking speech at the end, goosebumps. It's kick-ass. Yeah, he's a wild motherfucker. I don't like what he did, but man, what a cool speech. He's always, like, checking, like, when he's writing people, he's like, hey, how's ACDC doing? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like... No, he really does No, I know. I've seen it. I'm aware. Uh, But yeah, Dennis Rader just casually discusses these crimes with the judge, and the judge is like... You know we're talking about killing a human, right? And he's like, uh, yes, sir. I know because I came from it. <laughs> so sit down. Give it a watch. It's a light Saturday afternoon time filler. Um, so he ended up getting punished with 10 life sentences. They didn't have the death penalty. So in each case that he admitted to, they were able to give him the maximum of life without the possibility of parole. So he's locked up for forever. And this year, there's a brand new book coming out that he basically wrote with another lady, which, you know, is kind of the shit end of, like, serial killers because you can know his pattern the whole time has been that he wants the notoriety of being the BTK killer, you know? It bothers him so much that he didn't get the credit that he deserves. He finally got the credit, and he went to the trial, and he loved going to court. He loved being on court TV and making Nancy Grace's little fat box wet. He loved the fucking attention that he got, and that went away, so now somebody wanted to write an autobiography with him, and that's everything he ever fucking dreamed of, and now he's making that happen. And uh, one of the details, a little teaser for the book that I'm not even going to bring the name up with because they haven't kicked us any money, buddy. They don't know about our one YouTube viewer right now. I'm just thinking about, like, what a goal it is to make Nancy Grace's fucking box with. You're the first motherfucker to ever do that. It's, no, it's not the first. It's not that hard. You just got to do some shit where she can, if you just hurt women and she can talk about it, she just floods up. That gold turns into guts. <laughs> yeah, she floods. The gulch goes the geyser gulch real quick. I'm waiting. I'm going to know she's like 60-something, but yeah. I know she's still, you know, menstruating. 
You got <laughs> you gotta Noah's oh Ark God. that. You gotta you gotta <laughs> Noah's Ark that shit. Fucking part the Red Sea. Oh my God, Nancy Grace still menstruating according to Buddy. Terrific. Hey, I, I want to know who your hairdresser is. I need my haircut. Me or Nancy Grace? Nancy Grace is. Oh yeah. Are you talking to me as Nancy I'm Grace? I'm talking. If you were Nancy Grace, <laughs> man, we're built the same. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So listen, in the book, uh, Dennis Rader touches on what he called his grand finale. So he got arrested by police. He had already had his 11th murder planned out. And supposedly that was going to be the last one. And he knew he had to make it big. So I'll just read you what he says about his last murder. This was supposed to be my opus, my grand finale. And to make it different, I would set the house on fire using propane canisters. I had tools that I brought along to rig up a hoist in the door frame of her bedroom. At the bottom, I was going to screw in an eye bolt for a rope attachment. Once she was secure upside down, I would place a plastic bag over her head. And he said that he came within minutes of killing her. On October 22nd, 2004, he knocked on her door and he had to abort his murder because a city street crew showed up unexpectedly outside to work on her house. So he got in his car and drove away, drove away, and then he says in this new book that he was planning to wait until the spring so all the dust settled of him being weird out there, and he was going to kill her in, like, April. And he got arrested in February. Hmm. So he was on the way there. Good job. And now there's that uh, Bookerino coming out. So you can check it out, and if we get popular, then uh, you can kick us some money for endorsing you way back in the dizzy. Dude, getting it in. But that's the conclusion. I mean, that's old goofy-ass Dennis Rader. He was a fucking big old puss-puss. He only did one cool thing, which was desecrating that lady in the church. Uh, You want me to read one more poem to take us out on? Because we're doing suffocation again. Also, I decided... We're not good at podcasting yet. Okay, so what did you decide? (laughs) What I decided is that because we don't want to post the uh, fucking... We don't want to put the song in the iTunes thing so we don't get sued. At some point, if we like, anyway, so we just post it on YouTube, you know what I'm saying? Or post it on the uh, Facebook page. Yeah. So I'll just post the suffocation video. Hey, man, let me tell you, this this death metal song is life-changing. It's fucking heavy as shit. Yeah. I love it. It's one of my oh, favorite man. death metal Suffocation songs. rules. Yeah, yeah. It's top five. Do you remember when, it, when we went and watched some bands play and Suffocation was the last band that played? And I was like, yeah. listen. We went to see Suffocation. We need to just fucking... Stop tapping the table, for fuck's sake. No. <laughs> Why do you do that so much? Because, man, you're fucking facing the table. <laughs> Listen, you're going to tap my face, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that song is life-changing to me, man. I was like, listen, they have to fucking play this song. And when they do, we'll leave. I'm good. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, no, it rules. We, we, but we, then we ended up staying, and they played Leisure Veracity, and I was like, okay, this is even better. <laughs> yeah, suffocation rules. I'll post a video up online. So what I'm saying is we're not reading lyrics this week, so I'm going to hit you with one more Dennis Rader poem. I saved this one to the end because it's for sure my favorite. Do you want me to read it? No. <laughs> <laughs> so he, uh, Dennis Rader had broken into this lady named Anna's house, right? And uh, he, had, he had staked the whole thing out. He had it all planned out. He breaks into her house. He fucking hides. He fucking hides for four hours. He looks at his clock. He fucking hides for eight hours. He looks at his clock. He's been in there for 13 hours, and she ain't coming. So he's like, God damn it, and leaves. And then writes this called, Oh, Anna, why didn't you appear? 
"'Twas a perfect plan of deviate pleasure so bold on that spring night. My inner feeling hot with propension of the new awakening season, worn, wet with inner fear and rapture. My pleasure of entanglement like new vines at night. Oh, Anna, why didn't you appear? <laughs> Drop of fear, fresh spring rain would roll down your nakedness to scent, to lofty fever that burns within. In that small world of longing, fear, rapture, and desperation, the game we play fall on devil's ears. Fantasy spring forth, mounts to storm fury, then winter clam at the end. Oh, Anna. You say clam? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Anna. Why didn't you appear alone? Now in another time span, I lay with sweet enrapture garments across. Did you jack off in the closet for 13 hours? Yeah, for sure. All right, that's it for BTK. Big old piss pussy Dennis Lynn Raider. Build a uh, sigil and four. Satan. Two. Do chaos magic. Four. Manifest in your will. And use it to get some peanut brittle. <laughs> it won't need us. Thanks for tuning in <laughs> to Death Metal. Die!